Hi, I'm Stephanie Poole, founder and CEO of Birth Prep Academy. I'm on a mission to help pregnant moms prepare for their first hospital birth. I'm sharing revealing conversations about what it really takes to successfully transition into motherhood. So join me here to discover things like what to expect in childbirth, how to prepare for your birth, We'll also talk about breastfeeding and so much more. I'm so grateful to share it all with you right here on Oh Baby, the podcast created for pregnant moms preparing for their first hospital birth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Oh Baby podcast. I am so excited to meet you here for yet another episode. If you are returning, What's up, girl? So glad you're here. And if this is your first time tuning in, if this is your first time catching an episode, fashion your seatbelt because we have a good time around here. My name is Stephanie Poole. I am the founder and CEO of Birth Prep Academy. I'm also the creator of Bump to Bundle Blueprint, where I help pregnant women prepare for their very first hospital birth in six weeks by creating a birth blueprint. Y'all, today we're going to be talking about the umbilical cord. I'm going to give you a very no-nonsense kind of do's and don'ts list, right? Because a lot of times some of the frustration is just in the simple things that you may not know as a new mom. And that is the point of hopefully all of our episodes, right? To really help you with that transition. And I'm confident that this will definitely be an episode to check that box off for you. Now, if you don't know, this is the time where we transition into the What Up Doe section of the podcast. It is where I get to know you, you get to know me, and we just kind of vibe for a little bit, non-childbirth related, right? I always look forward to this part of the episode. So without further ado, last week, actually, I talked about summertime vacations and some ideas that my family and I are planning for our summer vacation. And in doing so, it just kind of got me in the summertime mood. So I want to know, do you guys, what is your annual kickoff way of knowing that, okay, summertime is here? I'm curious to know. For me, it's usually a summertime barbecue. It's usually nights out on the patio, warm weather, smoking on the grill, and filling the neighborhood with all the good barbecue smoke. And so that is usually just what I look forward to. If I'm being honest, over the pandemic, we bought a lot of stuff to just entertain at home since we were shut in on lockdown. And during that time, we actually bought a movie projector where we have a big screen and a projector and we can watch movies outside. But oddly enough, we never really got around to it. And it's crazy because we actually do have a very sizable yard. So (laughs) we have plenty of room to do it, um, but we've just never done it. So this year, I'm really looking forward to planning something around that kind of a theme and just have a really late night 
get together with some of our friends and family, watching a movie in the yard with the kids and just enjoying good music and having a good, good time. So now I want to hear from you. I want to know like what signifies in your mind, in your brain that summer has started, maybe something that you look forward to doing. I am most active over on Instagram. So hop over there and shoot me a DM to let me know. I love dialoguing back and forth and just chatting with you guys. Like I said, this gives me an opportunity to really get to know my listeners. I am a real person running a real business serving real mamas. And so I don't want us to hide behind our internet persona, right? I want us to really, really get to know each other. And so, yeah, hop on over and let me know how do you kick off summer? What is something that you look forward to? I cannot wait to talk to you about it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Hey there, before we start today's episode, I want to let you know about my free guide, Skyrocket Your Milk Supply from Birth and beyond. Now this is perfect for you if you want to get a jump start when it comes to starting and sustaining a successful breastfeeding journey. If you plan to breastfeed and you want to be successful right from birth, grab my free guide, Skyrocket Your Milk Supply from Birth and Beyond. Just go to birthprepacademy.com forward slash milk supply. Again, birthprepacademy.com forward slash milk supply. Okay, let's get started in this episode. Okay, you guys, today we're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of how to take care of your baby's umbilical cord. And I like to bring very practical information that you can actually listen to and implement to help with your transition into motherhood. The whole purpose of this podcast is to really serve you in that way. I always try to just create the content, the step-by-step guide that I wish I had when I was coming through that season of my life. And so hopefully you will find a lot of value in this episode. I'm sure you will. Let me just start by saying that The umbilical cord is absolutely amazing. It is the lifeblood, figuratively and literally, for your baby's survival, right? That is how you are able to give nutrients to your baby in utero. Without it, there's no way to grow and thrive in utero without the umbilical cord. So it is literally the whole nucleus around your baby nutritional health while they are in utero. And so that's what makes it so amazing. Your baby depends on it for their survival. And typically what happens is a lot of parents, after they give birth, someone will then go in and clamp the umbilical cord and then sever or cut the umbilical cord so that the baby can then begin to thrive on its own, right, after being born. Now, we can do a whole nother episode about cord clamping and preserving cord blood and the benefits of that. So we can definitely take a deep dive into what that is and what the process is, maybe the cost and really get into that. That is truly 
an episode all by itself. But for the purpose of today's episode, we're just going to stick with some of the do's and don'ts, right? What is the proper protocol to take care of the umbilical cord? Let me also set the groundwork here by saying that when you hear me talk about clamping the cord and cutting the cord, there are no nerve endings in the umbilical cord itself. So to do that, there's no feeling or sensation at all. It does not hurt the baby. It does not hurt you once the cord is clamped and then cut, okay? Just to be clear, because that can be a little bit overwhelming if this is your first time going through the birthing process and then you hear about (laughs) the clamping and the cutting of the cord, there are no nerve endings. Now, when you are actually caring for the baby, of course, after they clamp it, after it is cut, then the part that is left is short and it will begin to dry out and eventually fall off. So it doesn't hurt the actual process of severing that. But the area around it on the baby's tummy actually does have sensation. So we're going to get into some of the do's and the don'ts and why it's an appropriate way and an inappropriate way to take care of the umbilical cord based on the function of it and the sensation for the baby's purposes, okay? So one of the questions that I've gotten is in regards to, well, how long does it take to fall off? It normally will fall off anywhere from five to 15 days. So generally speaking, in the first two weeks after birth. During that time, after the cord is clamped first and then cut, the short stub that is left that's attached to the baby will every day increasingly dry out. And that's what you want. You want it to dry all the way out. It is now no longer a life source. And so it will dry up, it will turn dark, and then it will eventually fall off. And again, it's because it is no longer a life source. And so keeping that in mind, the care that we're going to talk about today really is going to be for that first two weeks, roughly, when you come home from the hospital. Now, let me just start with some of the don't, and then we'll end on the positive notes of some of the things that you can do. So you do not want to clean it with rubbing alcohol. Our bodies are so miraculous. I I just always look at the human body as a complete miracle. And I say that because there are some things that is just, I am in awe of, of how well our body tends to take care of us Without a lot of intervention or manipulation, if we just let it do its thing, it will serve us well. And that's generally speaking that if you just leave it alone and let it dry out, it will eventually fall off. And then you can, some people keep it as a keepsake, some people discard it. So, you know, at that point, you'll have the discretion to then do with it what you will. But you do not want to clean it with any rubbing alcohol that could potentially just cause some discomfort for the baby. And it's just, it's not necessary. Number two, 
something else that you don't want to do is to use powder or any kind of substance on the actual area that is drying out. So on the actual umbilical cord, you don't want to put any baby oil, if that's something that you use, any lotions, any creams. You don't want to get in that area. Again, it needs to stay very dry so that it can progressively dry out and then eventually fall off. So you don't want to keep it moisturized in any way. You want you want to really facilitate that process by leaving it alone and letting it dry out. Also, you don't want to put any baby powder or baby oil on that area because obviously you want to keep it very clean, right? So that no infection sets in that area. The umbilical cord will shrivel up and then it's still attached to the actual belly button area. And you just don't want any substances to get down into those crevices while it is trying to heal. And so we don't recommend using any powders or any baby oils in that area. Also, another thing we want to stay away from is to not manipulate the process of the umbilical cord being detached. So if it is hanging on, if it's attached in any way to your baby, we want to encourage you to let it naturally just fall off on its own. It is not necessary to move it around or to gently lift it or tug it tug at it in any way. Again, we don't want to cause any irritation to that area. It is healing. It's trying to do its thing. And the best way to allow for that to happen is just to leave it alone as much as possible. Keep it dry and just let it be. And it will eventually fall off. I know, I believe with my son, I went to change him and I think my hand touched it. It brushed up against my hand and that happened to be enough to, it just fell off, you know. And so um, it will likely do the same for you. If you just leave it alone with very little touch, it will just eventually fall off. Sometimes you may not touch it at all and it just, you'll find it kind of tucked down in the diaper because it will dislodge maybe under the onesie or a sleeper or something of the sort. And so you will likely just find it tucked away in the diaper or you'll go to lift the baby up and just notice that it detaches on its own. So there is no manipulation needed. You don't have to, like I said, tug at it at any way. Just completely let it heal on its own. The last thing I want to give you as something that we do not encourage, that we don't want you to do, is to cover it or put a Band-Aid on it. Sometimes you might get the idea, well, I don't want to hit up against it and I don't want it to be a problem when he's sleeping or she's sleeping, so I'll just cover it. And actually, again, that's something that we don't encourage. In order for it to dry out completely, it will need to breathe. It will need to be exposed to the air to completely dry off. And any covering of that is going to do two things. One, it will prevent that from happening. It will slow down the process of really allowing the air to get in there and dry it out so that it can go ahead and fall off. And then number two, it would likely cause for some extra tug or pulling when you have to remove the Band-Aid and you don't want to manipulate it in any way or tug on it 
or cause any pain for the baby because while the actual umbilical cord doesn't have sensation, your baby's tummy does. And the connection of the umbilical cord to the belly button, that is a sensitive area until it is completely healed. And so we don't want any kind of tugging at that or anything that could be caused when you go in to to remove a Band-Aid or any type of covering. So those are all things that we don't want you to do. Those would be don'ts. So if we have don't, then I have to discuss the do's because how else are you going to know how to care for your baby's umbilical cord? So the first thing I want you to remember to make sure you wash your hands. Now, I know that that seems really obvious to some, but it is always great to have that reminder. Sometimes you get busy. And what I want to do is plant the seed that the baby's immune system is strong, right? So so babies are stronger than we give them credit for. However, their immune system is quite new. And so we want to reduce any unnecessary exposure to bacteria that could get into that area. And one of the common ways that we pass bacteria back and forth to each other and to different surfaces is with our hands. So it just makes sense that if you are caring for your newborn, that we make sure to wash our hands before and after we care for them in terms of changing diapers and changing their clothes. The next thing I want to make sure that you are reminded to do is to use warm water and a cotton pad. So if you are wondering, well, how am I going to clean around that area? Let's say that you get the baby home and you notice that there's some dried blood or just some afterbirth that's on the baby. First of all, that is not necessarily a bad thing or anything that has to be addressed right away. So Um, Don't worry too much about it or fuss around with it if it's in a very particular area that's hard to reach. I don't want you to worry about it too much. But if you want to clean not the actual umbilical cord, but just around the tummy, I always use a little cup of warm water and a cotton pad, the round, flat cotton pads. I just like to dip it and then use that to really go around that area if necessary. So that is the method for cleaning that area if, like I said, there's dried blood or afterbirth or just any type of maybe bodily fluids. Maybe if there's a bad blowout and the baby has to be wiped down, you want to make sure it's not around the umbilical cord, you would definitely use the cotton swab with warm water. So that is a do. The third thing that I want you to remember when you're caring for the umbilical cord is to keep it dry. And so after you go around that area, then you want to take a clean, dry cotton pad and just pet the area dry. So you don't want to leave any moisture on or around that area. You want to really make sure that you promote air getting in and drying the umbilical cord out. That's going to be key in terms of really fostering that healing process so that it can go ahead and be completely removed. The last thing to remember is a lot of diapers now actually have it where you may not need to do the fold technique. 
because they have a U that's cut out in the diaper on the front flap, and it is to accommodate the umbilical cord so that it's not touching the umbilical cord. So most diapers now will have something like that, a little open section in the front flap, specifically to prevent the umbilical cord from rubbing up against the diaper in that area. However, if you have a box of diapers, don't throw them out if they don't have that. Just simply fold down the front flap so that it is beneath or lower than the umbilical cord. And then that will prevent any friction in that area that might occur if you just allow the flap to lay over the umbilical cord. We want to really allow that to take its natural process and just fall off organically. So those are the four things that I want you to do, as well as the four things that we want to stay away from. It's very much a natural process. So there's not a lot of thought once you just remember to overall take the idea that it needs to be sanitary in that area. Your hands need to be sanitary when you're touching the baby and then to just keep the area clean and dry. Outside of that, that's it, y'all. That's it. It's not a lot to it. I hope that you found this information valuable. I do have a free masterclass, The Three Mistakes New Moms Make When Preparing for Birth and What to Do Instead. That link is in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. It's absolutely free. And I know that you can definitely find value in that as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave us a review. Share it with another first-time mom that can also use this information. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, happy birthing.